As a general rule, I hate trying to title things because I always feel like I'm going to miss something out. But as I was sitting there, a perfect title came to me. I'm going to call this rambling of thoughts there and back again, a journey from life into death. And I'm glad somebody got that. Thank you. Um, so there's a whole lot going on in this chapter of Jonah. Um, it's a little bit just leading up to the story that most of us think of, of Jonah being caught in the whale for, you know, however long and vomited up again because he just tastes so bad. Um, but what I really want to think about tonight is Jonah being asleep and Jonah being woken up. And I say this somewhat hesitantly because I'm not actually going in a social justice being woke kind of direction, though you definitely get some of that later on with Jonah. Um, what I want to think about is being awake personally um, and being who you are. So there's a really interesting thing that happens when Jonah's named. Um, and it's that there's some ambiguity about what his name means. Often Jonah gets translated as dove for people who are like trying to figure out what the name means. Um, but there's also another kind of understanding of what Jonah might mean, and it's destroyer. So you have this guy who's either a dove or a destroyer. And the rest of his name is son of Amitai. And Amitai is truth. So you have a guy named Dove, son of truth, or destroyer, son of truth. And then God calls out to him, and God says, get up, go, um, cry out to Nineveh. And Jonah answers, but maybe not in the way that we expect that a prophet might. Jonah answers by getting up, and he goes, but he goes in the entirely opposite direction from Nineveh. So he started fleeing from God. And then he gets to Joppa. And in Joppa, he gets on a ship to go even further away from where God sends him. And then he gets on the ship, and he gets into the, the hold of the ship, the um, kind of the lowest part in the ship. And I had never really made this connection before, but when I was doing some research trying to get ready for the Bible study that I was leading last night, um, the, the author that I was reading pointed out that he's like getting closer and closer to death. So he's left from the city where he's surrounded by people He's gotten on a boat where there's just a couple of people. He's gotten into the lowest part of the boat where he's on his own. He's also kind of getting progressively lower, getting further away from God. And he's getting closer to death just in the sense of less aware. So he starts off kind of being aware, hearing God speaking to him. And then he runs away and he starts ignoring God's voice. And then he ends up in the bottom of the ship, asleep. And he's so soundly asleep that he doesn't even realize that the storm is going on around him. 
So he's in this sleep that's death-like. And he's away from God. And he's trying to escape from God. But then something happens. The captain or sailor or somebody comes down into the hold of the ship because they're freaking out and they're like, the storm's going on, we're doing everything we can to make sure that we survive. And the captain, um, I'm going to call him the captain because it's just kind of the easiest thing for me to remember, says, get up, <laughs> go up and call on your God. Um, so it's kind of interesting how this echoes what Jonah was first told early on, where God says, get up, go, cry out to Nineveh. So even though Jonah's in this place of near death, try, having tried to escape from God, um, he still gets this echo of God's presence in his life. So he gets up and he goes, and he's like talking with the, the sailors on the ship, and who are you, and this is who I am. But he's not done yet. So the sailors decide that he's at fault for the storm that's going on, and they ask him what to do. And he says, throw me off the ship. That'll solve your problems. And again, the, the authors that I was reading commenting on this passage points out, um, maybe it's not so certain that this is a good thing that Jonah's trying to do. Maybe this is just another step on the way, trying to escape God, trying to become closer to death. Because, I mean, clearly he's not going to survive being thrown into the ocean during this terrific storm. Um, What's his real goal? So that's what's happening. You might be wondering what this has to do with you, what this has to say for us. I think it's a reminder to us of several things. First, like Jonah, um, there are many parts of us. There are parts of us that want to do good, that want to be surrounded by community, that want to uh, make the world a better place, um, that want to love our families. And then there are parts of us that are maybe somewhat indifferent, um, want to do the best we can for ourselves, make a lot of money, um, I don't know. And then there's not-so-great parts of ourselves that want to get as far away from our families as we can and never see them again, that want to totally look after nobody but ourselves, forget what happens to anybody else. Um, and these are all pieces of who we are, just like Jonah can be understood both as a dove of truth, son of truth, and as the destroyer, son of truth. Um, and Jonah's kind of fleeing from this knowledge of who he is into 
deeper and deeper states of um, senselessness. Um, he's closed his eyes to who he is and what he's supposed to do and making the world a better place or even just dealing with the not-so-great parts of himself. Um, running and running and running and ignoring what's going on around him. And God doesn't let him do this. God first calls him out of wherever he was to start with to go to Nineveh. And then, although God isn't, again, kind of present and saying things in the rest of this part of the story, we still get God's words kind of coming back to us um, in what the, sailor, what the sailor captain says to him about, this is what you need to do. Um, and Jonah even says it for himself. Um, Jonah says, um, oh, I am uh, a Hebrew. I worship the God of the sea and sky. Um, there's a, a piece there that I'm, of whom I'm afraid who created the sea and sky. God who created everything, of whom I'm afraid, who created the sea and the sky. Which isn't quite how it's worded in uh, what Emma Claire read, because it's not the best English sentence. Uh, that's more of a direct, this is what it says in Hebrew. Um, but what it does is it serves as kind of a reminder that even though Jonah's trying to escape from God's presence, even in describing who he is, he's still surrounded himself by God. So God who created everything, of who I am afraid, created the sea and the sky. Does that make sense? Um, so it's a kind of one-line it. which might be a big promise, I may not be able to do it in one line, but I'm going to give it my best shot. <laughs> this, this story about Jonah reminds us to think about who we are entire, in our entirety, both good and bad, and everything in between. And remember that in all of that, God is present within, around, and always with us. <laughs>